everyone, and welcome to Hatchling. This is the show about working and living as an artist in this day and age. I've got a question from Lexi this week. I put all of her info in the show notes if you want to find her. Hi, Brian. My question for you is, how do you really dig through your ideas and figure out which ones are worthwhile projects? Thank you and keep doing what you're doing. I've personally always been much better at coming up with ideas and starting projects than actually following through on any of them. I think that's a pretty common problem for creative types, but how you tackle this specific problem depends on your life and career situation. So when I was still working other jobs to support myself, it was really important to focus on a single project because I didn't have much time for anything else. So when I sat down to do art, I couldn't do all the ideas that I had in my head. Most of my time went to not doing art. So this very precious hour or two after work, when I wasn't eating or doing normal life stuff, I wanted to make sure that I was actually getting something done. I wasn't experimenting with different concepts and styles and techniques and tools because I needed to produce something or else I wouldn't have anything to share with the internet, which was my main goal at the time, to have a consistent social media presence. So this pressure that I put on myself actually led, unsurprisingly, to quite a few panic attacks because if anything cut into that precious art time, if there was an unexpected errand that I had to do or if I failed the first time I tried to sketch something, then I couldn't finish the work I was trying to do that day and I didn't have anything to share online the next day. I can't tell you that the pressure immediately decreased once I quit my job and started doing art full time because the first few months that I had no job and was just doing art, I didn't have any time for personal projects. I was just taking on anything art related that made me money. That involved taking on a lot of commissions that didn't excite me at all, but that paid the bills and that didn't require me to get a day job. I was drawing constantly from breakfast until bedtime. My neck and wrist and mind ached from all the stress of just churning out drawings. And at that point, I wasn't even expecting it to fulfill me creatively. I was just hoping to make a living, which I did. And after a few months of that, I started to get bigger commissions that were much better paid. And that helped me dial back my hours so I didn't need to be spending all my time working. Of course, I filled some of those extra hours with fun stuff like cooking and playing music and seeing my friends. But I got into this line of work because I love doing art and that doesn't change when you start making money from it. So I've been using a lot of my free time to pursue the ideas I have throughout the day, whether or not they'll eventually earn me any money. I've been trying a lot of different mediums. I've used watercolor and India ink. I've been drawing in pencil. I've even been making comics. None of these techniques are things that I'm particularly good at, that I have a lot of training in, but you can't get good at them unless you put time in. Also, none of these have been for sale. I'm just storing the end products in my apartment with no expectation. I think of this as a long-term investment in my technical abilities and my creativity and my job and life satisfaction. It's important for me that I don't start viewing myself as this drawing machine that's capable of producing whatever the client asks for and then shuts off at 5 p.m. Being an artist is such a rich experience psychologically It's not just a job, you know that, I don't need to tell you that. So ideally every artist has plenty of time to just visit museums, get inspiration, explore nature, meet other artists and network and take creative risks. Those things might not lead directly to financial gain, but they'll keep you happy and healthy and excited about your work. And I don't know how else you're supposed to maintain a job if you're not feeling that way. So if you can find that extra time to invest in art, 
then I recommend trying out as many of the ideas that you have as possible. The only real way to sort through these ideas and zero in on the strongest ones is to actually see them come together. Because I've had plenty of ideas that seemed perfect in my mind and I was really excited about, and then the moment I put them on paper, they fell flat. I've had other ideas that didn't seem as promising, and they led to new directions in my career or even made me money. Most recently, I did this series of marine animals. I wasn't getting paid for them, but I just felt an urge to create this visual effect that I'd seen in antique science textbooks. So I spent hours researching all the animals, deciding how I wanted to draw them, editing them after the fact, and I had no idea what I'd do with them. But it turns out that they were a big hit, so I eventually sold all of the original drawings, and I've also turned the collection into a print series that I'll be selling. I would like to think that if you actually enjoy what you're making, as I enjoy drawing those marine animals, rather than following trends or trying to please your audience, that enthusiasm will show in the final product. And if you talk about your process and you show how much you care about it, people will hopefully pick up on that and be supportive of the project, no matter how different it is from the art you usually make. have a little update about my relationship with technology. So a few episodes ago, I talked about creating healthier boundaries there. I think pretty much all of us spend hours staring at screens each day. So I challenged myself to reduce my screen time, which took a lot of planning and commitment. I was actually able to do this by just changing my routine and editing my phone settings, and I cut my screen time in half. But honestly, that has been very hard to maintain over the past few months. I know that a lot of other people have tackled this problem by deleting social media altogether or ignoring their phone or leaving it at home. That's not usually an option for me as someone who runs an online business. It's not all bad though. I've definitely made some sustainable progress. For example, I unfollowed hundreds of people on social media. I hope nobody takes offense to that, but I really needed to minimize my experience there. And I've also deleted a lot of apps that I was just wasting time on. So that has streamlined my phone experience. So I'm really just communicating with friends and running my business. Another good thing is that when I'm in social settings, I almost never touch my phone. I just feel like the internet is consistently less interesting than any face-to-face -face interaction that I have, but when I'm alone, I'm still checking it constantly. I need to focus on that problem, that I'm reaching for my phone and then I'm opening up Instagram whenever I'm bored or lonely, and I need to better understand that urge, why I need to detach from reality in that moment. Am I looking for entertainment or attention, distraction or love? And is there a healthier way for me to satisfy those needs in the moment? Lots to work on there, obviously, so I guess I'll update more as my relationship with technology evolves. I was honestly hoping that I would come back with this wonderful success story to tell you guys, but it turns out that real life is a lot messier than that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hatchling. If you do have a moment to leave a rating or review, I would really appreciate that. And I'm always looking for new questions and for new people to feature on the show. So if you email me, then we can make that happen. You can find all the info for that in the show notes. I hope you guys have a wonderful week, both online and off.